Welcome to the Visibin Podcast. To your host, Kamande and Kigondo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Busy Being Born podcast. <laughs> yes, starting as energetic as always. We are here, episode number 49. Look 49. at that. Yeah, seven times seven. Perfection, right? Yeah. Because we have a perfect guest. Absolutely. You want to um, take us off with the episode sponsor? How are you? Ah, Nico Fiti, Maze. I've gone straight into business. I know, man. Ah, bro. Like what happened to you ah, since ah, I last saw you? No, I got uh, you, bro. I okay, got you. Okay. I'm all right. <laughs> Nico Fiti, blessed ah. and highly favored. Nice. Yeah, yourself? I am great and grateful. Yeah? Yeah, man. Do you know what? Um... So Kamande Kamande shared um uh, one a video of the sun reciting uh, but the cooler the cooler thing that he shared was of the sun introducing the busy born a being born podcast yeah so i don't know if legally we can attach that at some point but yeah. we'll talk to the parent no abu this episode will be introduced <laughs> by oh that would be dope yeah that's dope oh. i just got that idea Yeah. When him know man. I know man. Yeah. I, thanks. <laughs> thanks man. I need to hear this more often. Sorry, That's what's up. Sorry guest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Can you sir as a ladies and gentlemen it's good to have you with us. Thanks yeah. for listening. Mm. We we'll, we are going to have a dope episode. Abu is doing but Yeah. Wow, bro. <laughs> no, let it go. Let it go, Maze. So context. <laughs> Check that doesn't run. <laughs> context. Dry. BTS. Yeah, so cuz today we are just gents and then we have a queen for a guest. So shout out uh, Maria, shout out Monique, shout, shout out, out Grace. Grace. Yikes, but it's all good. Yeah. It is all good. I'm to abandon, but it's all good. All good. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. This episode is brought to you by the Busy Being Born Live Experience. Yeah, I know you've been hearing about this for a minute. We promise something is cooking and it's something dope. Yes. We are proud to announce our first live event since we started the podcast ladies and gentlemen. Karibuni sana to our live recording. We'll have great guests and performances from great minds and phenomenal talents. Kindly check out our social pages for the dates and details and share around. Show up and come sharp and hopefully ready to engage. Whether active or just for the vibes. Busy being born vibes. Mm-hmm. This live experience is a first but definitely not the last. Yeah, so yes, check sir. out the socials man. We'll be sharing all these details. First poster is out. Um we're going to share the dates and the dope guests and, and the performers, guests, uh, uh, performers that we we'll have. Oh, the guests are dope. Yeah, super exciting, so man. I'm also really excited about it. Yeah? You know I mean? Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. I hope we see guys we interact with Maze, on like the socials, guys who call or I'm a text and just say, "Hey, good job, Maze." So yeah, come man. through, let's engage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. being born live experience. Get to meet Abu. Hi, mm. ah uh-uh, superstars <laughs> in the house. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. Huh? <laughs> Are they brilliant? Oh, of course they're yeah. brilliant, yeah? bro. Yes. Okay, you sure? Ah, absolutely okay. brilliant. I'm a fan of theirs mm-hmm. and I'm sure the listeners will be too. Absolutely. Yeah. Do they represent the motherland. Oh, definitely. For sure. Mm-hmm. We'll listen to her story. Eh, she's definitely motherland by blood, mm-hmm. by passion. Yeah, nice. And in so many other ways. And Are they busy being born? Ah, definitely. Do busy, it. 
being born. <laughs> I tell you who they are. <laughs> tell, tell me. <laughs> For sure. Our guest today is a film enthusiast and artist. She's a film impact producer and a community action practitioner with experience in producing, production assisting, research and coordination. Our guest today has worked on both the motherland and beyond working on various productions from documentaries, branded content, feature and short narrative films here, ladies and gentlemen, is a Kenyan by blood, an artist by calling, and an English woman by passport. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you the one and the only <laughs> Chantel Kaari. Chantel Kaari. In it. I'm sure you'll be hearing that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've we had to watch a lot of Top Boy before we did this episode. In it, yeah. Did you get that? Oh my god! Yeah, blood. Yeah, blood. You guys gonna put me to shame? Oh, good. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's an honor to hear the famous intro about myself. Like. That's mad. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So love Chantel it. is a big fan of the podcast. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Thank you for Thank that. You guys are doing an amazing job spotlighting some brilliant minds. Yeah. yeah. Like Thank we are right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the question mm-hmm. at the start is always for us where to start because there's there are so many places we could start. Mm-hmm. We could start by celebrating the fact that you're here. You're not in the UK. You're mm-hmm. not in London. It's kind of cold, but uh, you're in a... You're, no, she's used to this. She's used yeah. to this life, right? So we could start there. Rains, but we could also start <laughs> yeah. uh, from your connection to the motherland. There are so many places we could uh, start. Mm-hmm. But this time... Now that today, actually, today we are recording um, uh, in the evening, um, then the question, the simplest way to get in would be, how has your day been? Ooh, my day has been, my day has been eventful. Mm-hmm. My day has been surprising. My day has been inspiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's about to get a lot better as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I like that. Uh, I'm a guza guza, just pity patted without telling us <laughs> <laughs> what indeed she's done in there, but we'll get in there. It's kind of surprising. Oh, um, without getting into too much detail, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was surprising? So, I spent some time with my parents, and we were just talking about the things that you do when you come up a certain age, inheritance, and all these things. And um, it was surprising to know the level of investments that they've made uh not just financially but also just time sweat and blood you know you hear these things in stories we're working so that we're working so that you know we're doing these night shifts and all of that so that so um it was surprising to hear the level of investment but then also i guess it was a bit heartbreaking to know that not all the time does like hard work equate what you think it equates um yeah okay. i'll leave it at that okay. <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah your parents are here they are how is that um they're also here just like on a few like business things but also just for a holiday as well um they frequent Quenya quite a bit 
yeah. Yeah. More than more than me. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then the other question would be Yeah. Where is home? This is home, yes. Yeah. But we know you're living in a few days, so yeah. when you're leaving, where are you going to? I'm going to a place in England called Kent. Uh Medway to be exact. Um, and that is currently where I call home. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. build that. Let's build that. Yeah. How, how is it that you call Kent home? Gosh. How did that come to be? It's where I grew up. Okay. <laughs> it's where I was raised. Um, it is, I guess, written in my accent. <laughs> 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 you know, I think that that was such a big thing for me. And I'm sure we'll talk about this, but, um, one of the first times I came to Kenya on my own, I was so adamant that I'm Kenyan. Do away with this British thing, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a very rude awakening <laughs> that there are some elements of who I am, etched into who I am, that that tell me culturally. I'm I'm I say it with like <laughs> reservation, but I'm also British. And so um yeah. That's that's why I call Kent home because I grew up there. I was raised there and culturally and even in regards to my accent, that is where I identify with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is that where you're born? It's where I was born. I wasn't born in Kent. I was born in, we were just talking about top wear, so this is relevant. I was born in South East London. In it? Yes, in it. (laughs) I was born in South East London in a place called Peckham. And if anyone knows, it's um, our version of the ghetto at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was... Ah, that's where the the corner of... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That place. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I have no idea what you guys are talking about. (laughs) You don't know it. Uh -uh. So this... So in it, yeah. in it, yeah. Okay, yeah. sour. Yeah, okay. No. I think Top Boy is set in. I don't watch Top Boy, mind you, but I think it's set in what in in East London, if I'm not wrong, mm-hmm. or like, yeah. But I I was born in South East London in a place called Peckham, um, and it was it's like a feast for the eyes. I'm not gonna lie. It's they call it Little Nigeria because there's a lot of Nigerians there, <laughs> um, but it was an amazing place to grow up full of culture so vibrant every time I go back there I just fall in love all over again um because it reminds me of home which is also here so yeah mm-hmm. yeah um at what point then and 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 obviously sometimes we find ourselves jumping no. all over the place um how strongly do you feel a connection to Kenya and at what point did you sort of feel it rise to the mm-hmm. top Okay, I'll start by this. So my birthday is on Jamhuri Day. So for me, I think it was like written in the stars that like my heart would beat for Kenya. And I have this hashtag that says Kenya has my heart. So when I would whenever I would come back and I'd be documenting about my experience, that was always my hashtag that I would use because there was this like unexplainable connection um with Kenya obviously it's it's not unexplainable in some senses because of course like it's one generation gone by like yes I was born in England um but I grew up in a Kenyan household I grew up with 
Kenyan food. I grew up hearing Kikuyu and Swahili and Kimeru. And so I, in that sense, I, I, that was there, but I can't even say that that was like the first pull to making that connection with Kenya. Um, I think for me, the first pull was when I was asked the question, what do I want to do when I'm older? Um, and I can remember I was probably like in class three, which would make me maybe about eight or nine. Um, and I said, I, <laughs> I said, I want to be a politician in Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> and I was please don't ask me where these like crazy ideas came from because I didn't come from a home that was like you know watching politics all day every day but somehow I knew that the impact that I would make would be there somehow I knew but I didn't know because it wasn't even it wasn't even like in it wasn't in my conscious mind you know mm. I don't know why it was my first answer. I think that I knew politicians are supposed to help people and that's what I wanted to do. And the people that I wanted to help or be a part of contributing towards like impact and change with were the people that I identified with the, the most, which mm -hmm. is Kenya. It's so weird. And yeah, it's so weird because I, I yeah. So that that for me was like my first my first sort of like encounter. Yeah. And like... and it's not something that was even premeditated. No, it's like... just like an innocent thing. thing. Yeah. Because I mean, I have no like wider sort of memories around. And again, like my family, they are not like super patriotic as in like, they weren't like, you're going to read this Kikuyu book mm. and you're going to like, they weren't like seeing these Kikuyu songs. Yes, mm. I mean we were singing them because maybe we were going to, um, like church meetings, things like that, and there was like a Kenyan community that were ga was gathering together. So like, it's just through living and life and being that there was this absorption of okay, I'm Kenyan and mm. eating and you know all the things that you would identify with and. Uh, a national national identity um that was there um but not necessarily this sort of like very intentional this is your culture yeah. and, you know you're gonna you're gonna study it you're gonna learn it you're gonna absorb it watch this they weren't they weren't that they were they were busy hustling yeah, yeah. It yeah. it's it's really interesting how that would come up without any premeditation and maybe there there's some subtle things that um, have been conditioned in you through the church meetings and the singing mm -hmm. but still to the extent that when you're asked what is it that you want to be in life that's the first answer that comes to mind is mm. i always yeah. laugh when it's i mind blowing yeah, i always laugh when i go <laughs> yeah like at least they're rich you had yeah that, yeah, you know? yeah yeah at mm. least you knew at some point i'll be rich yeah but did i know <laughs> <laughs> oh good so by the time you you're you're in this school yeah. and this question is asked are you now in kent so we're still in london at this point uh, okay yeah so at what point do you go to kent um so we went to this 
amazing primary school. It's called St. George's. Um, it was like a church of England. Kilimani, Kilimani. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I wish. <laughs> we'll talk about that because I feel like in, in one of the, um, something that I like pour over every podcast is like, how in depth you go with the schooling experience that people have here. And it's like, I'm sort of vicariously living through these experiences and I'm here chuckling and laughing. Like, I wish that was my experience, but I'm sure there's many people who like, <laughs> oh, I wish so much we could have thought. Do, do you know? Yeah. I'm sure. The school, expe no. school experience mm -hmm. here was, but it depends on who's answering. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. Because the guy's yeah. experience through the school system is something else. The guys particularly. Yeah, yeah. At least that's all we know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of compounded misery. Misery. Mm. It's yeah. So how's the experience now when you move to Kent? Different school and all. Yeah, Kent is um Kent they call it the Garden of England. Um it's a beautiful place. It's like, you know, beautiful greenery, beautiful parks and forests and yeah it's just lovely um in that way it's also less multicultural and at the time that we moved even more so so my first experience actually with with racism was there um so we move we've gone to saint george's i'm saying we by the way because i have at that time i have two other siblings um but we move we do we do saint george's primary school then we go to secondary school um another like amazing multicultural school well um, not amazing by the <laughs> not amazing by the like school board standards um it definitely was not like um a highly rated school mm. uh but it was a school that like you would meet so many different people like from different backgrounds and yeah and all of that um so we do year seven and year eight so that's like our first two years of high school um or secondary school and then my parents are like okay they've they've gotten their house in Peckham, they've sold it and like we're moving to kent um and i was like yeah okay um yeah it was an experience yeah mm -hmm. um it's bewildering. Not South, it's not Southeast it's London. It's not Southeast London at all. It's very quiet. It's very quaint. Um, it's very, it's given suburbia, you know. Um, <laughs> it's giving middle of nowhere. Mm. Uh, it's giving wait half an hour for a bus. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah and then we, we got thrown into a girls' school uh and we're like the only black girls in like maybe our our group within that year um we is my my sister my twin sister um so yeah we go and yeah it was horrible oh. <laughs> it was not nice mm -hmm. yeah lots of um so first and foremost like they put us in the wrong sets. So they've like decided, you girls, you're not as smart as you think you are or whatever else it is that's Let me behind guess, that. Simply because of... I mean, I don't want to say it, but how else are you making <laughs> that giving. decision? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. 
then on top of that like it's just it was just such an isolating experience let me tell you the like the way anyway the way that the way that uh people do life is very different so that whole white suburbia uh for me was like it was very alienating I was just like okay like the clicks you know all of that the pettiness um yeah it's like this trying to like assimilate into this like world that is so far removed from any experience I had ever had um yeah we were just like mom you can't do this please uh move us to another school and she did I think after like three or four months we moved to another school um which was again it was I think it was like a catholic comprehensive school but it was super multicultural and I was like yay this is it this is nice I see people who look like me and I feel like I'll be okay Mm. why are you okay we were okay so me and my sister were uh we were each other's confidants for the first like two this is the great thing about having a twin sister you have like a built-in friend (laughs) Mm. so who looks like you yeah yeah so like it was like okay I've got your back you've got my back you know now everyone has their cliques and their groups of friends so you're coming in and things are established so the first like maybe two three months we would sit with each other in the lunch canteen and whatnot um until we we found our group of friends so yeah and then it was okay from then on is it at this point that you start uh, engaging your artistic tendencies Ooh. um Yes, I've always I've always written like as a form of expression, like journaling. So but in that setting, yes. Actually, it's even before. So when we when we were in London, we used to I was telling my mom this the other day. I was like, "Do you remember mom, we used to have a a girl group called Essence?" So we had two friends. <laughs> it's a, why are you laughing at the name? Yeah, it's pretty dope, right? No, yeah. I don't think it was super original, but yeah, we're called Essence. There's four of us. Um, and there used to be the studio in our local community. They'd let people go in for free and you could like record your own tracks. So I was like, mom, do you remember this song that we sang? Then we'd sing it at functions, you know, at church. So we did two songs. One was like an upbeat dance track. That one we didn't sing in church. But then the other one, <laughs> the other one was about like loss and uh, dealing with grief. I think at that time we had like lost, just lost our shosho. So we wrote it from that place. And yeah, so yeah. had that. So I think that was probably one of the first. And then I was in like, the um, choir uh at that time so that was probably one of the first experiences like the school choir okay Mm -hmm. hi let's keep going so artistic tendencies so Mm -hmm. we've said a bit of journaling here and there Mm -hmm. we've said a bit of singing here and there Mm -hmm. so when do you now start knowing this is a thing i could do professionally is it while you're still that young or is it now much later on in campus oh much much later on yeah much later on Uh, and drive us there um we 
we can so when we moved of course essence broke up that was a very sad <laughs> <laughs> wait so let's 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 study essence who was in essence essence was me uh-huh. your twin sister my twin sister okay. vanessa another girl called nikita and another girl called gabriella okay. so there was four of us yeah, yeah yeah so the split happened the split happened it was yeah. very sad i i i hope and pray somewhere we've got our cd that we burned with our tracks because that would be cool yeah that would be, be nice really cool to, like relive relive that <laughs> essence days yeah Uh yeah, yeah. so at what point do you do you start thinking okay this art thing could be a thing for me Mm. professionally and have we dropped the kenyan politician thing yes 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 yeah i think i dropped that in 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 primary school somewhere along the way Mm. i i think i realized hey politician Mm. Mm-mm, tricky yeah tricky okay. yeah so then it became journalist and it was journalist maybe from nine for a very long time up until up until i was going into campus mm. that was the track i was like okay i've i was doing well at english i loved english i loved writing um and i you know it's possible to not do well in english in the uk <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm yes. seriously asking this question. Yes. It's possible not to do well in Swahili in Kenya. Kenya of course because you yes. speak Sheng. But not Tanzania. But Tanzania how can you do badly? <laughs> yeah. I think we need to ask some Tanzanians. Uh, actually, I wonder one of my colleagues is, is Tanzanian Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Okay, if everyone is Asa. <laughs> like how can you do? Can you do badly in Kikuyu? Oh you can. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the written. Wow, bro. <laughs> Yikes! No, but no. I don't live in Kikuyu land. No, no, no. Had I this, this, this guy did a Kikuyu player to get a tutor. Oh yeah. No, because yeah. I'm a professional artist. Yeah, you need, yeah, 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 there you go. Gonna it's have not to because get... you lost some. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. You know. That's the only reason. That is the only reason. <laughs> Being authentic to performance. <laughs> I had to get a dialect coach. Dialect. Yeah. Oh. Had I had I been told to act Botswanese, if that's the thing they speak there, mm. I'd have to get one of those. So I got. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Yeah. Proceed. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So um yeah, it's good credit. at English. No, no, no. Yeah. it's good at English and then it's like okay, journalism might be the thing. Um so I ventured in that path for the longest. Um yeah. And up until so that was what I was like, yeah. This I know I can make a living out of. Um this I know I can make an impact. Let me go down this route and mm. um I think what solidified that was when we I don't wonder if you guys have like you have careers advisors come in so now when we're you're picking your options for university they bring in some careers advisors then they'll like let you know okay this is what you want to do these are some of the ways that you could get there and I remember her saying to me um what I would advise you do don't go and just study journalism straight away do English literature then usually people do a masters yeah. in journalism we have them only that they tell you to either do medicine law what else engineering engineering that's it well, everything mm-hmm. else you're a failure yes yeah so the only is that four Sorry? Only four. Yeah. Four areas. Maybe yeah. four five. Maybe they need a curious time. Yeah. Became a certain point. Yeah. But no one encourages you to do anything but <laughs> other than that. Yeah. yeah don't be an artist. Yeah. That one. No. That one no. But anyway, eh uh, so career advisor? Yeah. Did you engage them? Yeah. And yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm confident about this. And 
um, I continued on in that way. Um, then when we were picking our options, so I, I, for sixth form, I did media studies, sociology, no, sociology, I did for GCSEs, media studies, government and politics, uh, English literature and English language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, this is, this is the track. Yeah. And but media studies was the one that opened me up to film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Other than being good at English, mm. were there any other sources of inspiration for this dream or of journalism? Yeah. yeah. Were there people you looking at and thinking, okay, um, I could be as impactful as that person mm. in this line, yeah, or whatever. I remember so during that time there was like a lot of like blogging and things like that and I remember coming across this young woman who I think she she's been writing for what's this the late show um that comes on in America now I can't remember she had this the most amazing um blog at the time um and I was just so enamored by how well she wrote in fact actually it it scared me (laughs) like can I really do this thing um, because she'd use all these big words and like, she, I was just like, what? Like enamored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, how do you even spell that? Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, um, no, I was like, um, like, yeah, she, so, so I think during that time we're, in, we're on my space, so doing the whole blog thing. I even did a fashion stint as well at that time. Like now we're talking about creative things because I remember I had like a little fashion blog going on as well. I had to very quickly delete all those pictures when somebody was like, oh, you used to model? I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, That's my twin sister. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that probably was an another source of inspiration for okay. me yeah. okay so so in a in a year or two yeah you're in campus right yeah up till this point mm. have you been to kenya yes okay we have been we've been with my family mm-hmm. i think one of the initial trips that we took we were still in primary school um and that was like the big family trip where like it was my family my uh, four siblings my three siblings at the time and then my auntie with her her children and then my uncle and then I just remember we had this amazing trip in coast but it was all very much like oh you know your kids this is home go and visit this auntie go and visit that auntie um yeah but I don't think I had any like grounding at that time because we're talking maybe like this 10 11 10 9 10 11 there that like i don't think i it was just following the parents and like oh this is an amazing place this is a nice place Mm -hmm. yeah going to shags doing all of that any fond memories from that season um playing kati kati for the first time Kati. Kati. Kati? Kati. That's what you guys call it. Yeah. 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 That was one of the fond memories. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And um, now at 16, 17, you've only been to Kenya once. This one time. 
At 16, 17. Yes, yes, At 16, yes. 17. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we could actually use that as a sort mm-hmm. of staircase mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to now coming back to Kenya every every other time that you do and mm-hmm. where you are in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So do you come back to Kenya when you're in campus mm-hmm. or right before you go to campus? When's the next uh, visit for you? And how different is it from that first one? Um, The visit that changed it for me... I think was in 2015. Okay. Yeah. So I was in campus. Um, We came, we did a little bit of like, I think I was doing some volunteering things. And then, but that was the time that I was like, oh my gosh, this is Kenya. Like I saw so much like development from what I remembered it to be. And I was just like, this is amazing. I think I had the ability to be more aware of what was going on around, just like how cosmopolitan the city was. Like, I, I was just, and yeah, I was like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this is her. So second yeah. trip, you see the difference, huge difference. Yeah. It's like seeing Nairobi, seeing Kenya without scales on your yeah. eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you just said this was in campus. Yeah. So what are you doing in campus back in uh, London, I presume? Yeah, back in mm-hmm. London. I'm I'm in um, a university called University of the Arts studying film practice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do we get there? How do we get it from journalism? Yeah. yeah. So um, what happens is, of course, I'm like journalism, journalism. We So there was a period of time before that where... I realized that I was like quite shy uh, and I was socially awkward <laughs> uh, to say the <laughs> least. And I was like, okay, you need to kick this. If you're going to be a journalist, like you've got to get some like presence about you and you can't be timid and you know. So when we moved to Kent and we moved to um, the more like um, diverse school um, and I then picked my options to go to sixth form um, and study, that was media studies, uh, government and politics and English and language. Um, Then I was like, okay, I'm gonna do, between 15 and like 17, I was like, I'm gonna do what I can to like grow my confidence. And I don't even know where that came from. Maybe it was from the careers advisors sessions, I don't know. but I just became so fixated on that. And so I joined like debate society. I joined like our youth parliament. Um, I was writing for our local football magazine, which was called Gillingham FC. Um, And which is random. I don't know why I was writing for them, but (laughs) I was. And then I was like, I was a head prefect in sixth form. So then we had to do like speeches, do all of that, like at assembly, that kind of thing. So I was putting myself in these spaces. So I was like, okay, you're going to practice and build this muscle of becoming. That is a lot of awareness at this age, yep. to be honest. Oh, gosh. I really want to find those journals and go back and be like, who was that girl? Yeah. What pushed her to, to like move into that space so like intentionally? Um, I almost feel like, mind you, right now I need like a a renaissance that i need to do that again 
I need to put myself in those spaces that feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, I feel like at that age, there's an, if, if you're able to develop that awareness, it's at the point when you are most neuroplastic. Mm. So like can you know you can shift your mind in different mm. ways. Yeah. Hey, right now even changing my mind from a sitting position. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I'm already old enough. Yeah. Kidding. Uh but at that point like there's a confluence of all these things. So if you're aware enough you can change your mind in so many ways because you're still forming so many parts especially of your prefrontal cortex. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So when do you make the choice? To move. So then I so I do all of this and then I'm like, so I, I, I decide I'm gonna take a gap year. Uh somehow that was very strongly in Good. Me. we like gap years. Yeah. Tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, okay. I think the reason why was because so I I had also this bug to travel and that was the initial thing of like I'm gonna travel, I'm gonna take some time. And even now I look back on it and I'm very proud of myself. My dad said this the other day. He was like, you're very, we we were playing this game when we went away uh, called, um, uh, you're not really strangers. We're not really strangers, the card game. Mm-hmm. And there was a question where everyone had to ask, like, what is your first impression of this individual? So um, then he's like, yeah, you're very, um, which was surprising from him. Because mind you, he said that and then, a couple of weeks before somebody else was saying something similar but apart from that that's the only time that I've ever heard someone um define me in that way he's like you're very strong-minded you know when you put your mind to something and you want to do it people can't really tell you otherwise and and um so I think going into the gap year it was very much like that so it was just this idea that I had and I was going to do it and um Luckily, I had parents who were very accommodating. Um, I had a deferred place to do journalism. So we got our results back. Um, and um, yeah, and I did okay. And, you know, you had I had applied for unis and an, a uni accepted me uh, on a deferred placement. So I told them I, I want to take a gap year, um, you know, so they hold your place for mm. you. So to the next year, um, so it's in the gap year, actually, that I am like, even at that time, I was very much like New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions. Um, so there's two resolutions that I had at that time. I wanted to get closer to God. I'd say that all the um, years gone by. And then also... So you wanted to be? Closer to God. Oh, closer to God. That was the thing. Every year I'd write that on my New Year's resolution. And then also um, the traveling... Um, and then I was like, what, another question I was asking myself is like, what should I actually be doing? Like, is this actually what I'm supposed to be doing? So that was strong in my mind, which is interesting because having been set to on this track to do journalism for so long, I often wonder, I'm asking myself that now, like something inside me, maybe, maybe journalism isn't it, maybe there's something else. So I'm very intrigued if I could go back and ask that version of myself, like what was it that sort of you were asking your, what what was it that was making you a little bit uncertain about this direction that you were so sure about for so long? And maybe mm. it was that, that I was, it was the only one thing, but yeah. So yeah, it's, it's in that gap here mm. um, that I, 
drew closer to God. And in that experience, I was like, okay, what am I supposed to actually be doing with my life? Um, in this experience, like if I explain this, people are just gonna be like, what? But so during that time, it's like the question I'm asking, the question I'm asking, and I'm praying and I'm like, and, and then I remember there was a friend that I had and he was like a life coach at the time, or maybe just like I knew of him on Instagram or whatever platform was there, Facebook probably is, it was it's still Instagram was there, but Facebook probably more so. And I just, I'm like, okay, let me call him. Cause he had like these free open slots. So I call him, I'm like, this is where I'm at. I just kind of really want to know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. <laughs> and <laughs> also the, the first conversation I had with him and he's like, okay, I want you to get off the phone. And I want you to ask God, what he wants you to do in five years, in 10 years, and in 25 years. I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're serious? Like in my head, I'm thinking this guy is crazy, but I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So I do that and I get my answer, which I've written in this green little book that is in my parents' attic. Um, and I'm like, okay. Mind you, when I had done media studies, I had gravitated towards film. So there was a module that we did where we had to like do a practical element of filmmaking and also like the film theory. So that for me was like my eye opening into film. And I was like, oh, like I like this and I did well at it. And I was just like, this is, it's crazy to me that ever before then, I never saw film as like a viable career path. Um, and I, I, personally put that down to like exposure um it's just not the lens through which I was seeing the world I saw the things that you watch on tv as entertainment I didn't have the depth of like exposure to be like yo like people make films and um it's something that you can do as a career and there's all these different roles behind the films that we see yeah until until that point and I fell in love with like you know the 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 subjectivity of film as well like the how you can form different interpretations from different scenes and everyone can get this their own ideas of what they think and sharing that through a film like so yeah, so when I asked God my my question, the immediate thing that came to me was that film was gonna be the tool for impact. And for me, that's always been the through line, maybe through everything that I've, the career choices that I thought were the ones. Um, and it made sense because I was like, I've gotten this exposure. This is something I really enjoy. I'm so green, but okay. Like, let's, let's do film. So I change my course and apply for a new uni, do my UCAS application all again. I don't even think I applied for multiple. I applied for one, which is like one of the, it, now I look at it, it's like one of the, the, the one of the notable schools for, for film. And I'm, it's not, you know, national film of, national tv film and tv it's not um there's another school that's like really famous but uao is in there with like those that brand so 
Yeah. Then yeah. I think it was the naivety that allowed me to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna, this is okay, they do this course. Okay, maybe this is it. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll apply. Yeah. 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 A, f- a few questions. Mm. One is, how long did it take for this answer to come up? And definitely, it came with a lot of conviction. How, how did, how do I frame this question? How does, how does God answer? <laughs> um, so, how long did it take? It didn't take long. I think I just, and again, like, I think it was just the, the sheer, like, naivety that I had, or like, just the, um, that I actually believed that okay let me sit here um, okay he's asked me to do this thing let me just do it I had such an open heart and it, I was looking for an answer that the answer that came to mind it has to do with film but it also has to do with like performing arts and it also has to do with um um therapy as well so um the the answer didn't take long I would say probably within a half an hour time span if that um and it's crazy to me that the answer could have is was like sitting there in some senses like it it was there for me when I was ready to like receive it and ask the question which is interesting because now I'm in a space as well where it's like are you just going to be honest be open and just believe that the answer is there and walking in it um yeah but it didn't take long your second question about how does god speak like the still small voice that you hear people say i i wouldn't say it was an audible voice no but it was like a knowing in my heart and a clear expression in which i was able to write down year five this year ten this you know um so yeah and oftentimes it's interesting as well that along that path along this this time so this is at the time 2015 i get reminders of this because what i'm doing now i believe is like it's just a small part of that and every now and then something will come along whether it's an incident that has happened in our family whether it's something that I've been exposed to that is a reminder of like hey like this is your calling um not to say that what I am doing now isn't I think it's an expression of it but there's also greater and even just the the wildness to believe for that is yeah is 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 a lot um yeah so Mm. yeah Belief, belief, belief clearly is a big thing. Huge. Yeah. Are there other things you'd uh, point out and say, God spoke to me and that is now a thing in my life or that (laughs) is uh, a choice I made because of God speaking to me? Yeah. There's something, something that I've said that I've been totally off, by the way very crazy things oh my gosh things that like I will never live (laughs) live down um but I think you also have to be daring enough to believe like and to know that you might not always get it right um are there any other things that I could clearly say God spoke to me about and I do this because he said so. Um, I think 
the way in which I choose to live my life and the decisions that I make when it comes to how I how I live it um but then also myself as an individual um I'm very highly um what's the word I'm looking for like I'm my moral compass is very strong if that if I can say that so like I have this very huge sense of justice that like lives in me which um yeah which aligns with choices that I make and why I choose to make certain decisions over others um yeah but can I say that there are like specific things like that in that way no usually more so how I sense or or feel the leading of God is through um is through the conviction like in my heart like um about whether should I be here should I be talking to these people um should I be or yeah should I should I be living in this way or even even in the the opposite of that am I living in the fullness of the way that he feels like I should be living also as well or like that is there for me to live out because I think that that's also a big thing as well like I spoke about in terms of where I am right now with belief and really fighting with um the whole imposter syndrome thing and a lot of other things um yeah okay okay yeah no we'll do I think at some point we'll still come back to this this busy being born uh, you you listen so of mm. course you know we always take this tangents to things that excite us mm. um campus mm. how long is campus yeah 3 years, years. Mm. within 3 years what are the things you'd say these things made my campus experience yeah without this couple of things i don't know how many they are i don't think i'd be who i am right now in all fullness of me being here three. now could be three could be more okay one i would say is like the um my land lords slash ladies uh-huh. okay. <laughs> um actually i oh, i had landladies period you have those in campus Yeah, I was off so I was off campus. Okay. Yeah, I was off campus. The uni that I go to is off-site like campus. So it was just be commuting in. Mm. Um and one of the decisions that I made so I, mind you we were living in Kent. I went to uni in London and I wanted to do that strategically because I felt like my mom had taken us out of the big city before I was ready. I was like I haven't seen this city. Like I haven't got to explore it. Like I want to go back. There's so much. So I chose to like live in different parts of the city every single year. Um and in the first year I was living with this amazing she, yo she's doing so many amazing things now. Actually at the time she was doing amazing things. She was like on the pulse of she had gone to my uni, she'd done fashion. She was on the pulse of like blogging, the blogging world, but very high end, working with big brands like you know um 
the Harrods, like the Vogue's, all of this kind of stuff. So she was, she was in business and she had just finished and um, she had vision as well, like for where she wanted her company to go. She wanted to create a studio. She wanted to do like, um, uh, like a, what's this thing called? Um, she wanted to do like a furniture store as well, where she like would select these like boutique pieces and um yeah and now she's doing it she's an absolute powerhouse I just loved how excellent she was in her approach to her work um yeah she was such a visionary um yeah so her then the second landlady that I had was the sweetest soul she taught me that one of the the things that she taught me that will stay with me is how to say that I'm not okay, but I don't have the words to say right now. I remember there was a time that I came back um, from her, from uni and I had gotten into this big, not big altercation. Somebody had upset me in my production group and I didn't know how to articulate that I was upset, but I'm someone who, when I'm feeling something, you'll see it on my face. So every time he'd ask me, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But they could tell like whatever altercation we had 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 deeply like wounded me. And I found it so hard to figure out why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. So I remember talking to her and she was like, you know, like, and you don't have to say that you're okay if you're not okay. Like, you know, you can say you're not okay, but you don't have the words. And for me, that was like a key unlocked. I was like, what? It sounds, you know, those pieces of advice that people give you, they, you, when you repeat it to other people, it sounds so simplistic. But in that moment in time, you're like... Mind blowing. Yeah, I was like, what? Even now though, because I feel like, I don't know if it's a thing and maybe it's a, a British thing, but it's so like the automatic thing when people like ask you how you are. Ah, I'm okay. Like mm. it's, you know, your cover. I'm okay, but really you have things going on that maybe, you know, you just don't have the words for. Um, so that was like really empowering for me. Um, and then my third landlady, ooh, she was strict. She was strict. <laughs> she loved things in a very particular way, how you put the cooker, how you clean the bathroom, you use this particular rug. But she loved me like a daughter and she like, yeah we had such a beautiful relationship like even now I think about it, I'm getting emotional because like I think during that period of time I was like that was my final year and I think I had so much in my heart about where am I going next like what do I want to do and um she just I felt like in her house there was safety um and I think that that's such a special thing especially like I feel that safety, of course, when I'm in my mother's home, there's some, there's a type of like covering that a mother gives. Um, and she gave that to me in such a profound way. And in the space that she had, had cultivated in her home, there was a sense of peace. Like, and for me to this day, like that feeling is so important. Um, where I am in a space, do I feel peace? And, um, yeah so I think that's like one of the key things landlords yeah. uh -huh. Uh -huh. any yeah. other thing that comes to mind campus experience three years my actual experience with campus mm -hmm. was very uh I didn't I I didn't make friends <laughs> I didn't make friends I didn't have like uni friends like that I saw it very much like as a means to an end okay 
Um, and that's just because I didn't resonate with anyone when I was there. Like I didn't find my people, which was sad. It was not a big class, maybe like 40 or 50. Um, and I felt like an oddball in the sense that the, a lot of people had a sense of what it meant to be uh, in this film world. Mm. And they had the privilege of maybe having experience or insight that I had no clue about. And I think that I didn't know my value. And I was scared to, like, I remember final year, I had this idea that we, the way that they picked the graduation films was like, you had to pitch to your class and then, um, then people select, you know, what, um, teams that they want to be on so it feels like you know that very much like that game in the playground where mm -hmm. you have like the um the main guys and they're like i pick you, mm -hmm. I pick you. Well, that, happens like, then, the, that happens in the uk as well yeah martin never got picked for football <laughs> oh, you've talked about this before right <laughs> yes we have <laughs> keep going yeah yeah so you felt as if it was a popularity contest <laughs> yeah. yeah even if, me i was never picked that's okay so we can <laughs> for football yeah yeah, uh -huh. we could console each other. We could, yeah, we made it though. Yeah, hey. yeah. So it felt like that as well. And I think, as much as I had done that work uh, earlier on, like building my confidence, I think now coming into this new world of film, it felt like I was starting all over again. Mm. And um, yeah. Okay. What about the schoolwork though? Are you feeling the, the same about yeah projects and yeah. Uh, classwork and all? Is it as exciting? Are you thinking, oh God, why? How did I end up here? Are you liking it? Are you loving it? Are you take me back to journalism right? right? Now? Yeah. yeah, should have been po a politician. Yeah, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Like, okay. I remember the first, the first project that I worked on. I think the thing was. You know, you either know, oh my, I'm gonna yield the camera, I'm gonna be a DP, like you've got that skill. Um, maybe you find yourself in sound design and like, yeah, that's me. Um, maybe you're an editor, you, you you know, you know, the software, the tools, whatever. Um, I didn't really know, like when I came in, I didn't really know what it was that I would be good at. So, um, which is okay because you do get the opportunity to like go down, go around the different roles or whatever in like the first year. And I ended up, I landed on producing because the skills that I had naturally aligned with what the role was. Um, and yeah, it was, it was good. I was good at it. I was good at it. I was good at organizing. I was good at keeping every, like keeping the minutes. I was good at, you know, booking the the spaces for casting calls doing all of that like um so the the projects the first one and my last one was were really meaningful to me the first one because i worked with this amazing um documentary filmmaker his name is tom jeffrey and like he had a sensitivity and a heart to an, the work we had to do i think they split london in the different like regions and we all had like a letter or a new piece of newspaper and they were like make a film about this region and find um find a topic based on this letter or something like that so we did something about like it was about uh graves and death and very morbid for your first film to be going into uni with but he 
so artfully like crafted this story that was just so so well done even now I look back on it and I'm just like wow um so there was that and then my last film I worked with this Italian guy and that was intense because I feel like Italians are very intense people the way he approached art like as a director and that's what I began to learn that relationship between the director producer and how important that is to have an, a language um that you two know about the work that you're doing and and we spent a lot of time talking about the depth of like the story that he was trying to tell um which was it was called Jay and um yeah it, for me it was so powerful because it was a huge undertaking like we had a, a great but we had a decent budget we had a great crew um and also he really the work meant something to him so I think that that was really powerful to me because I got like to come into the world of what it meant to him mm. and really hold that dear so that we we drove with that and I think that that was that thing of like impact again like what's the message what's the story um yeah. I so, like that we keep coming back to impact. Yeah, to impact. Yeah. So um what happens after after uni? Where 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 is life taking us? So um just before I'm about to finish uni, I meet my cousin's like, You need to meet this girl, you need to meet this girl. Um, she's just so much like you. I think you guys will get on. So I meet her um at my uncle's place. Her name is Samantha Kezi Weyer, and she we we meet actually at a youth convention, youth church thing. Ghanaian. And then she Ghanaian. No, she's <laughs> Kenyan. Oh. That's what mm. And so she's like, I have this idea that I want to do. So we stay at my uncle's place after the youth event and we end up talking till like five in the morning. So you know this idea that I was telling you about like two years time, five years time, ten years time. Mm. The idea that she has is the exact same. So we're like, well, okay, she's like, I want to um, go, she's like, I want to go back to Kenya and, and do this startup. And it was like a business model where it was about um, artist, uh, man not artist management, but artists sort of like creating a um, platform for creatives and artists. And then on the other hand was like the vision that I had at the time or one of the visions that we had at the time which was like using performing arts as a as a, as a form of therapy and so we're like okay there's some alignment here and I'm already thinking about what I want to do next right and Kenya is on my mind at this time I'm like I want to go back um you know I'd gone that trip in 2015 I'd seen that there was something here um and I just never really felt that there was a space for me in the British film industry I just didn't even I don't even know my mind just wasn't there like I did my dissertation on Nollywood cinema because that was like we, firstly because I wanted to do it on Kenyan cinema but there was no material <laughs> so mm. this is like 2016 so I think now I'd probably be better placed to write something but um yeah so I do that and then um we're like She's like, I'm going back. Do you want to start this startup with me? Um, and I'm like, hmm, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Let me see. So after uni, that's what I decided to do. I decided to go back to Kenya. 
I want to explore what does the film industry look like and then I'm also like okay I've got this uh startup that we're doing so I have a focus so I go to Kenya so you come to Kenya yeah yeah okay and how is it this time is this the third time yeah this is probably like the third or third time yeah mm. um it is uh, it's really good. I, I think having that introduction through the startup was great. She has a lot of connections um, with like the industry, like different creatives. And then I'm just pouring into, we start a thing. We have like a hundred creatives as like to do the beta run of the platform. And then we have like a CTO who's doing like the app, the, the app and the web, the web app. Um, and then we're like basically just gathering, um, gathering data on the community and what the needs are and stuff like that. She applies for a um, residency at Power Two Five Four. We get it. That's where we're based for the six months whilst I'm here. Mm. Um, yeah, and then we're like, I'm sort of like coming at the time. I'm staying at, in Langata, so I'm, I'm getting into town i think was i using yeah like oh no i used to come down with my auntie so she's going to work i'd come with her uh and then i'd head over to power and then i'd go to some of their events um yeah and i'm like okay this is this is dope like there's something um yeah okay yeah you do enjoy that experience yeah 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 six months yeah I do, I do, I do. I'm also like, how am I making a living? Yeah. <laughs> so they're not paying me to do this startup. So I'm working with a social media company that is based in the UK, just doing some like odd bits here and there um, for them. Because that's the role that I was, part of the role that I was doing with Skika was a bit of like, like socials, social, like marketing stuff, mm. um, as well as like audience insight and that kind of thing. By now, you convinced your work is here. Your calling is here. I am. I'm. I'm. I am. I am. I am. Okay. I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the experience like, with the people and the challenges here. Yeah. That's exciting for you. Yeah. There's okay. something to sink my teeth into. Yeah. Is this when you meet everyone? Because I noticed. I told her a while uh, a while ago. I was like, "Hey, you chick." You know everyone on the ground. Oh. Yeah. Like every better than you who's been here for. Well, okay, maybe not man. But yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> she knows everyone. Mm, does she know that does she know your Muturaga guy? <laughs> of course I mean professional. Oh, okay, sorry. I mean like she knows the filmmakers around. She has the right contacts. Is this when you're meeting everyone on the ground? I'm starting to, but I'm nowhere near to where I am right now. Okay. Um I think I'm start I'm starting to that's when I meet our mutual contact, Jackson, mm. um, at some event. And then um, at the KNT. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm meeting local filmmakers, local artists, and mm. inviting them to be part of our feedbackers sessions and like stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm starting mm. to meet people. It's clearly feeling more impassioned than it was in London with you around. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Then you have to go. Then I have to go because yeah. I'm broke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, is that the is that the reason? Yeah. Yeah. But and around this time there's also an election coming. Yeah. Are you are you cognizant of this? Are you excited for this? I am I am Are you aware of, of this? I am. Yeah. I am. But I, the ramifications of what it would mean, no. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm having the conversations with my cousin though, because at the time my cousin had a, a production company and he's telling me, you know, by the time election time comes around, it's so difficult to get clients, everything stalls, da, 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 da. so he's telling me what it means mm. for him as a creative. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you have to go back there. So yeah. I have to go back because my mom was like, oh, so my mom comes to Kenya in December. Then she's like, we miss you. Come for Christmas, just Christmas. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. She's like, no, 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 please, you can come and you'll go back. Does that happen? No, because I go back and I realize eh, my student overdraft is waiting for me. My phone bills are waiting for me. So I'm like, okay, let me just hustle, hustle. Maybe I buy a camera. I'm like, I, I want to document this experience. Maybe I can save up a bit. Um, and then, yeah. Mm. yeah. I have a question on the six months um, experiences. Mm. How different is it from all your N years of growing up in the UK? The, like those six months when you immerse yourself, Langata, all the way to State House Road. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm even the going, my cousin is in, my cousin is in um, near TRM. So I'm like going through so town, moving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah like navigating matasas all of that i'm loving it i'm re i really am like i don't think there was a part of me maybe the only part of me was like how am i making like li a living that's it that's it i think that, that was my most pressing uh like issue um how can i sustain myself yes i'm living with my family that are here so like you know uh, rent is not an issue baby food is not an issue but I'm thinking about the sustainability of yeah. what we're doing and I'm thinking, you know, what are the inroads for opportunities as well? Because that was also what I was trying to like suss out, like how things work, like, you know, what's the job I could do, da, 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 that kind of thing. But you feel home, you feel. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel at home. I feel at home. I think that experience, I felt at home more than, can I say more than I've ever felt in my my experiences here like it just felt so warm it felt so welcoming um something about it i think it's because i found my community in the creative community like the work that i was doing was around creatives um yeah let's talk about you back uh in london now is it london okay uh, yeah and um Kent, the next time you're back here the next time you're back here is this year. Is no, this year? No, yeah. No. When are you back here? I'm back here again, 2018, 2019, oh. and then 2023. Yeah. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. I, I actually thought it was like then comes this year. Oh no. Yeah. So the next times you're back, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to come back and settle now? I'm yeah. a, what are we doing? 2018. I'm like. So somehow along the way between 20, so now we're in 2017. 2017. So between the top of 2017 to mid 2018, I've sort of gotten in uh, in hustle. I'm, I'm not working in a career. I'm working in healthcare. So completely opposite to film with the ambitions of like saving up, getting gear, da, 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 da. I come back or I figure things out, but I didn't really have a game plan. Mm. So somehow I lose my way a little bit because I'm even hustling in this healthcare world mm. and i'm like okay i've paid what i need to pay i've saved a little bit um but i've forgotten 
about the world of film not forgotten but I just felt like I didn't have I didn't have a grounding so I didn't have a community in in the UK like of creatives I was living in Kent which is not London where mm. everything is happening mm. um I didn't know the resources that were there to tap into the creative community the filmmaking community it's, it's the filmmaking community now especially within like uh the BAME and all of that, it's like two opposite ends of the spectrum. But at that time, it just feels so isolating. And I'm just like, okay, like what, what is this thing that I'm doing again? Yeah. So in 2018, I decide, okay, I've saved up a bit. Um, I want to make my first film. Like, I'm like, I need, to, I need to make a film. I need to make a film. Like, that's what I need to do. So I... I decide to make a documentary. So that's why I come back. Okay. Yeah. And do we see the documentary? No. Mm. We don't see the documentary. <laughs> yeah. Many things happen. I think you know this talk about this documentary. Oh, is this the documentary? Yeah, this is the documentary. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, so, uh, well, you could uh, reveal the details yeah. if you want. But yes, this is how we actually meet. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chantel and I speak, uh, I guess, Five years later, yeah, which in this case would mean two years ago yeah. or something like this, yeah. uh, working on the documentary. Yes. Um, and it's a bit around uh, home. Yeah. Yeah. So in Kent, yeah. are you thinking I need to, uh, I need to settle and build my film career in Kenya, or are you thinking I just need to build? And are you also intentionally going out to look for filmmakers to work with? How is all that before you now? You're now back home mm. in 2023 and mm. clearly you've done projects here and there. Mm. Your resume is fuller now. Mm. So f between 2018 and now, the choices that you make and who do you work with back home and here? Well, mm. in both homes. So 2018, so I come back, I make the film. Many things happen. Mm -hmm. uh, then I realize oh, we lose some footage. I come back at the end of 2018 because my, my shosho on my dad's side passes away. And we're like, okay, we'll do pickups. So we did some pickups, go back in 2019. I realized in 2019, um, I'm a very much like walking in nature type of person. So I go on walks usually in the morning. I remember having this particular conversation with God and he says to me, like, you've always said that you want to go to Kenya, you want to go to Kenya, but you've never thought about how you're going to do that. Like you've never reverse engineered the process. So, because I, I always felt like that was always my thing. I would, it was almost making me short-sighted to see what was in front of me that like every time it was like, I want to go back to Kenya, I want to go back to Kenya. That maybe it was like, right now, this is not what you need to be doing because you need to be taking advantage of the opportunities that you have so that they can propel you to where you want to go in terms of being in Kenya and like creating a life that is sustainable and creating the impact that you see. Like I think that because I wanted, I I thought that the, the grass was green on the other side. I wasn't appreciating what I had before me. Um, but also at this time, I think it was just those things of preparation meeting opportunity. So 2019 happens and I'm asking myself a lot of questions about what are the steps that you're actually gonna take? to make this a reality and what does that look like what do you need what do you need to learn so I go back I do a course on um it's it was called 
the basics of or the foundation of production it's an amazing course that actually teaches me about the business of, of film because in my uni course it's called film practice it's very practical very technical but we never understood we never learned in depth about what it meant to like run a business um in filmmaking so i do that course and it's like my first investment I, i'm like fretting myself over how much i'm about to spend okay yes there's uni but you know student loans and they're not pressuring you so like that comes from the government so that's different this money i've saved I've, I've put it up i've put it like in a way i've stashed it away whatever whatever i'm like okay i'm gonna make this investment in myself and i think that that begins the first investment like in terms of i've said this thing now where like i always want to be increasing that investment i'm putting into edu my education as far as my career but also like my growth as well whether that's therapy which at that time I also do start as well. So I, I start to do these things in terms of starting to work on myself as an individual personally, and then also like starting to develop and invest in like- Professionally. Professionally as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, instead of just so short-sighted, I wanna go to Kenya, I wanna go to Kenya, but it's things that we're not <laughs> working out that yeah. way. It's like, sis, like, look, you like know. Like having a strategy and yeah. tactics around it. Yeah. And something that can actually work. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to do a part two of this, but in the interest of time, okay. So let's sort of take a leap from 2019 to 2023. Yes. And just glossing through the details. Yes. You've been here for 80 something days. Yes. So far. So far. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, is this a culmination of all the work that you've been putting in all those years? Yeah. And have you had a successful trip? Yes, it is. It is. It is because 2019 was, like I say, that time that I start to reverse engineer the process. And um, there was something that I heard. I think it was the top of last year, which was even like a catalyst or a confirmation, actually, of that same sentiment, which was that every project that you do should build upon the last and it should be enabling you to head in the direction in, in which you want to go. So for me, this trip has been successful because it's off of the back of a, a research project that I'm doing and it, it's actually exploring um, the two worlds of um, filmmaking as it exists in Black Britain, but also in here in Kenya. Um, so it's, bringing two worlds that I exist in together and exploring in in summary the research is about um the emergence of video on demand platforms and streamers and the accessibility of localized content so if in the UK you'd look at Top Boy or you'd look at uh there's another show called Dreaming Whilst Black um whereas here Maybe you might look at County 49 or you would look at um, Supermodel and it's asking how does the emergence of streamers and the accessibility of localised content shape public and filmmakers' perceptions on themselves, on others and on the world around them. So, yeah, it's a huge leap in the sense of where I guess I see myself uh, 
in the future it's that building upon one one brick after the other um yeah okay yeah hey hey it's good to hear it's been a successful trip yeah yeah, yeah. um w- where can you expect or when when and where can you expect to hear read about it i'm saying you are committing remember I am committing to <laughs> even let me push it further back than I actually am <laughs> to so I give myself some lead room uh the second to the third quarter of 2024 because yeah, yeah mm, it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot um there's another project um and uh, I think the biggest the biggest uh, challenge of uh, recording in the evening is we can't extend as far mm-hmm. but uh, it would be lovely for you to maybe just speak on this just a bit mm-hmm. odes to the ancestors mm. yeah and um prism mm. yeah just touch on this too uh, because i know 2023 has been a really good year for you as a filmmaker as a producer and all yeah so we could share just a bit on that then uh, we jump into the sort of last bits of the conversation sure so oh the ancestors is an amazing amazing project by the wonderful sherry davis who is a kenyan uh kenyan jamaican heritage of kenyan jamaican heritage and it explores such the, a person exists yeah. jamaican and kenyan can yeah. i meet them yeah jimani um it explores the erasure of um archaeologists um within the history books um in the pre-colonial times and what sh- what the the project aims to do is rewrite the names into the history books so the communities and the individuals who are part of the like excavation works their names were never credited within the books and it actually started off because her grandfather was one of those um assistants that was helping in digging of the like um archaeological findings but um she couldn't find his name in any of the books but they had these images so what they wanted to do or what the project sought to do was to um gather uh photography uh, any type of like um images or um written content about these communities and document them and so the the project is is a feature film but it is also an exhibition that has been running for a year in a museum called uh, I'm going to forget the name now off the top of my head um well okay it, in Kenya it's it's at um it's at uh, NMK in Mombasa and mm-hmm. and in the UK the name escapes me of the museum so there was an exhibition that was running for a whole year with the images of these um individuals um in this museum so even now today it's actually not far from, oh, i remember it it's called the Horniman Horniman Museum mm-hmm. so there is a whole floor in the Horniman Museum in southeast london with these images of these communities um and individuals who are part of like the archaeological digging um during like uh, pre-colonial not pre-colonial sorry post-colonial and colonial times mm, so mostly um, 60s 70s 50s yes mm-hmm. yes 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 mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of written material on it so if you type in o to the ancestors you'll see some of the coverage that it's had 
um the documentary is absolutely amazing i cannot wait i could ask what is it coming and it also she's also a talented so she's a musician she is a filmmaker she is a researcher um and she has the most amazing amazing album i'm telling you you guys will oh you'll cry when you hear this album mm. she's a beautiful um pianist as well so yeah check her out sherry davis i got the honor to be part of the project um uh helping in terms of like the initial impact work for it um with the film element it's had like an amazing reception they received so much funding and i really do hope that the film gets to see the light of day and gets the appreciation that it has that the exhibition has because the exhibition had a lot of coverage um the ambassador was there it's been covered by the bbc it's on the guardian so you can go and read about yeah. it in depth we'll actually also attach all yeah we'll all, attach all that yeah. Yeah. yeah what yeah. about prism what about prism it's my baby um prism is my baby prism is uh you asked me an initial question about how the um works that i start to do between filmmakers here and in in the uk okay. so it is a it comes from developing myself going to these courses realizing that hey actually there's this thing that exists called impact production and it's a it's a complete like blending together of the two worlds that i adore which is production and impact and um so i do a course on that and i'm like okay this is this is this is me in a career and i'm working with a filmmaker his name is chima obim nathan he takes a five-year hiatus after uni from filmmaking and he decides um to make a film with a 300 pound budget and it's called you're annoying he has a producer it's about it's a rom-com and that gets picked up by bbc festival of funny they get uh, a pot of funding and they're like okay yeah we have this um let's make another short then our mutual friend my mentor emmanuel anthony introduces me to chema i'm like where why are you just introducing me to him now like you know i was in film um and we meet and i'm like oh my gosh like we kick it off i ask him a lot of questions about the films that he's making because he's like i've got this project it's called a promise made um and then i've got this other project he's one of those guys one of those directors or directors and writers that every time and he we always laugh about this who always have a project mm. so there's always a new story that he's telling me about she tell oh, i've got this story da, 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 da. so yeah so he has these two projects and i notice this theme i like to ask questions so i'm like you know what's the themes like that you feel like are running through this because i see there's these black male leads and you're telling these unique stories that are from angles that we might not necessarily hear about the experience of a black man and i find that intriguing so we talk about that i'm like okay so i'm already thinking about what the future of it this project is after we produce um and i'm thinking about the work that i've done in impact production and I'm thinking about how we can package what we're doing from the, you know, from the course that I did and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, I have this idea. So I'm let's finish production, then I'll tell you about it. So we shoot the two films in one year, which was 
last year. So we, we shoot one film in January, one film in December, one film in November. Then in January of this year, now it's like we've, we're almost finished uh, post. What about this idea that you had Chantel? So I sit down and I'm like, okay, now I need to flesh it out. And that's when Prism of Black comes about. And Prism of Black basically is a social enterprise that seeks to use film, art and poetry as a medium to explore um, the black identity and to heal the rifts between communities and those whom which we're representing, the black black individuals through art. Um, and we start off with Prism of Black because it's about the lens through which you're seeing the world and the different colors that are emitted and the ability for film to give us that space to enter into these worlds um, of characters who look like us um, and who may have lived through stories that we've gone through, but we might find difficult to, especially in this sort of uh, series that we're in, which is Prism of a Black Male, um, for men to identify with. So it gives us an opportunity to explore those. And we had our first exhibition in May. Um, and yeah, it was so humbling. It was more than I could have ever asked the reception, the need. Um, it was the space that we were able to create for people to feel seen and heard. It wasn't just about the stories that we were telling. There's a particular feedback that somebody gave. He said, you know, usually when you see black things, people are like, yeah, 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 big up, bruh, bruh, bruh. And that's, <laughs> and it's like about celebration, right? Mm. But he was like, you gave us a moment to be seen. You said, we hear you. We want to hear your stories. And we want to listen to them. We want you to speak them out. And then we want to celebrate you. And for me, that was so powerful because to have this idea in your mind and in your heart and this desire of the way that you want people to receive the space that you're trying to create and then for them to like feel that it's everything that I could have asked for and like more um yeah so so that's prism of a black male we have our next exhibition coming up in October, which is called Manhood Through the Generations. And it is in partnership with Fragments Film Festival and uh, Tower Hamlets, um, which is a council in East London. And yeah, we're exploring black male identity, but through familial lens, um, father-son relationships, but also through a generational lens. So we're looking at um, migration and or immigration rather, and um, what it means to be dual nationality. So, yeah. Hey, all the best, Milan. Thank all you. the best, and congratulations. That's quite impactful. Yeah. I think yeah. you're, you're everything you wanted to become. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's so much more here. And then some more. Yeah, a lot of expansion in there. All yeah. the best. Yeah. We're excited. Are we seeing a, a Nairobi version? Huh? Inshallah. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, like, this is the second or third. I just had a meeting like a couple of days ago with somebody who was like, I'm really interested in like, in seeing what we could do to partner. And I see the need, like, more importantly, I see the need. I had a conversation with a with someone the other day and 
um we were just talking about the experience of being a black male and like going through certain issues of like you know what what it means to be to be a man and yeah and yeah so definitely R- running theme episode 14. i highly recommend uh 46 46, 46. i highly recommend um for you to meet ceci mm-hmm. and uh, uh clemo and alice company in fact the next time you're here we could try and have a, <laughs> either you plus one of those queens here yeah that's yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, it's clearly a run a running theme yeah. really concerned. Yeah. our sisters are concerned mm. So yep. thank you. Thank yep. you. Visit being born. Visit being born. Hey. I want to say something about that actually, because something that somebody told me, because I kind of felt like, who am I to carry this? Like mm. in terms of obviously I'm not a black man. And I remember a facilitator saying to to us or to me, um, that if you want anything about a black man to succeed, put it in the hands of a black woman. And that for me hey. was like so empowering. It gave me the liberty to say, like, I, I have the honor to to steward such a thing, um, and with care, and very much in collaboration with the community that we're serving. So we don't do it in isolation. We have a lot of like rapport with the community that we're trying to serve. So yeah, I, I, yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even add anything to them. We've explored the professional journey. I think part two, which we will do very soon, will be about the personal journey because there are so many threads that I could pull. And yeah, you don't even know about your twin sister. You're growing yeah. up and your family relationship. Yeah, relationship. Yeah. Mm. With, uh, <laughs> well, I was about to say with your parents. And yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and with God. Yeah. And uh, with, God. with God. So many things. Uh, but I think um, this is a right place to ask a few questions as we wrap up. Mm. Um, anything you've changed your mind about recently? Big or small. That imposter syndrome is a bad thing. I've changed my mind about that. Okay. So you think it's not it's not a bad thing? It means that you're putting yourself in spaces and places for you to grow. And so you're going to feel uncomfortable. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful to hear. Yeah. yeah. We were oh, just talking about that before recording today, about doubt and this idea of maybe not being good enough. Mm. Yeah. I'll start a statement mm-hmm. and we can finish it. Yeah, because I, I I, would think you like this. I've, uh, I watched something you are on and uh, yeah, this is one of the things you quoted. Where is it? Uh, found it. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. Mm. Habakkuk 2, 3. I think that would be a beautiful place to close it. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey full of... Uh, that was actually it. Wait for it. It's been a journey full of searching mm-hmm. and uh, searching for impact, searching for self, searching for home. We don't know whether you found those yet, mm-hmm. but from where we stand, we celebrate you. Thank you. Thank you, Chantal. Thank you. For everything that you are and for everything you want to be. Stay busy being born. Thank you so much. It's mm-hmm. been such an honor and a privilege, honestly. And um, thank you for allowing me to share my story and, yeah, to come home to my story because I feel like every time I share it, it's, it's yeah, coming home to it. Hey, yeah. Thank you. May awesome. you be happy and may you be peaceful. That's what we wish you. Thank you. <laughs> right. Amen to that.
Ladies and gentlemen, this is only the first time she's here. We're pretty certain it's not the last. Thank Very you for listening. Thank yeah. you for listening. Um uh, we can check you out on the socials, right? Mm-hmm. So where do Indeed. we look? So you can find me probably most prominently on Instagram. Uh Chantel Carrier and um also on TikTok as well. <laughs> <laughs> I am on TikTok. That's what's up. Um yeah, and yeah. Okay. Because we haven't talked about biking and yes, fitness. and fitness. So much that you need to talk about on part two. <laughs> there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Yes, there is. Ladies and gentlemen, you know where to find us. We are at the Busy Bing Born podcast on Facebook and Busy Bing Born underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and I think TikTok. Okay, we think. <laughs> you can also check us out on our website. BusyBeingBorn.Africa Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, been honored to do this. Asante sana Abu for the uh, warm tea. And, yeah, and, it's the, been... and the patience. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's at night this time. Yeah, We had to do this because uh, Chantel is traveling in a couple of days and we didn't want to miss her being on the pod. So thank you, Chantel, as well. Yeah, Asante Sana. Yes, I have been your boy. Kikodu. Come on,